In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet is one who tells forth who stands between God and God's people and proclaims the word of truth, the message of deliverance from God that must be pronounced to be heard. Sometimes that forth-telling is also foretelling, peering beyond the present into what is to pass, future events which may or may not be avoidable. Usually there is good news, but always there is bad news first. That is why a prophet's reward, typically stoning, being sawn in two, or being driven out of town, is not much sought. When the prophetic word has done its work, feathers will be ruffled, tables will be overturned, and those who sit in the seats of power will be put on notice. Before God's peace can come down and God's wrath be averted, repentance must happen. And repentance starts and ends with truth-telling, honesty, facing the facts hard as they are. Reflecting on what are the real thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers that oppose Christ, Father Ron Rollheiser writes, The spiritual warfare that is being described in Scripture and inside all authentic spirituality has less to do with the occult and exorcisms than it has to do with the malignant grip of narcissism, greed, anger, bitterness, hatred, lust, wounds, grudges, and ignorance." Unquote. The real battle is being waged within us, in other words. The lusts, the passions to which St. Paul refers, and the relentless demands on the soul that the false claims of the false self make can only be vanquished by divine assistance, not with our feeble efforts, sincere as they may be. Paranoia is waging a war against metanoia. God's call to repentance, not to a new mind as much as a new will, the desire to change is mired in the fear and frustration that encumbers our unconscious with the sunken debris of scuttled strategies for happiness sought in spite of God. To wage this war and win, we must first be healed, but we won't be healed until we want to, until we will to allow God to do it, that is. He can do it at any time, but we have to let him. Until then, we are tossed back and forth like disputed territory from one master to the other, from sin to God and back again. You're going to have to serve somebody, as Bob Dylan famously intoned. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. St. Paul, saying the same thing, uses these words. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, 
you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. So how are we to be set free to serve the Lord, the living God? Jesus tells his disciples, whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. And whoever gives one of these little ones, one of these children, even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. You do it as a disciple, not as a prophet, Jesus says, not by going out and telling people what they must do, not even as a righteous person, a Pharisee, the best of the best, by going out and showing people what they must do. It's not about show and tell, demand or demonstration. Mission is by going out and doing doing what they see Jesus doing, which is what Jesus sees the Father doing, coming down off his perch and alighting, not flashing lightning or even setting a light on a lampstand, alighting, coming down from heaven to earth, standing in solidarity with sinners, and then rolling up his sleeves and beginning the work of deliverance, the work of healing even to the point of dying for those he is seeking to rescue and restore. It's not show and tell, it's service, and humble servants of that done in childlike trust, working with them, working for them, doing for others what they dare not and therefore cannot do for themselves, and in granting them freedom from the tyranny of sin, letting them learn through doing what it is to be setting their freedom at the foot of your throne, exchanging it for your gentle but absolute rule, which is perfect freedom. Learning bit to bit, not to hand over, as in the sense of betray our members, the component pieces of our body and soul to sin, as instruments, literally it says, as weapons of war to sin, as slaves to impurity and anomie, but to hand over your whole self, body and soul, to God as slaves to righteousness, restored covenant relationship with God leading to sanctification. Again, easier said than done. And even if we all nod assent to these sentiments, we know full well the impossibility of fulfilling them not just because we can't do it or even because we won't do it, but because we don't want to. So the work of Christ, and therefore the work of the church, is not to first change the mind of God regarding human beings, but to change the will of human beings regarding God. Sin's power over our souls is not absolute, in Christ, rather, it is something we allow by our free will. Our will was the first aspect of our human nature to be trashed by sin, and it is therefore the first thing that Christ heals. The prison door of our little cage is open, but we have to walk out through it. And the healing is triage. It is administered without anesthetic. To free our will, we must encounter and confront not just the litany of transgressions that constitutes our personal history, 
for which we must seek forgiveness where we may. But the prehistory of failed strategies for happiness, which were the cause of the swath of destruction we left in our wake, the victims we impaled on the altars we erected within to the gods of power, prestige, and possessions, to the instinctual needs we felt as children for which, as Father Thomas Keating puts it, for security and survival, approval, affection, and esteem, and power and control. Needs whose gratification we, in agonistic with our interaction with our culture, contracted to extract from those unwilling to provide it. Over identification then to one's own, with one's own group sets one up for enslavement. And our total commitment to emotional programs that promise a happiness that they can't deliver seals the lock on the prison door of our souls. We see this grim setup for failure taking hold, first in childhood and then especially in middle school. Addictions and abuses of all kinds provide the only way to dull the pain of living a life in which one is persistently denied the dignity of personhood. And it is into the depths of this depravity, despair, and disillusionment that Christ came, not to set us free until he had himself first been pulled to the bottom of the swamp, destroying death. He leads us purposefully back to the slough of our own despond, not to drown us there, but to sever our members from the snarls that entangle us painfully, painstakingly, one by one, healing our memory and restoring our hope, empowering us one step at a time to make our own true choices against sin where once we were powerless to resist. With each stretch of freedom, extending his rule over us and thereby granting us true control, his protection around us, granting us real security and his friendship within us, giving us an esteem and an approval that deflects any distraction that this world offers in its place. So as our collect says, we end with this prayer. Almighty God, you have broken the tyranny of sin. It doesn't hang over us anymore except in our own minds and in our own broken wills. And you have sent the spirit of your son into our hearts, whereby we call you father, whereby we may enter into your presence without fear, knowing that your arms are open to embrace us and say to us whatever we have done or not done, well done, my good and faithful servant. Give us grace to dedicate our freedom to your service. For we know that if your will and ours are one and the same, we know only the freedom of perfect happiness, so that we and all your creation may be brought to that glorious liberty of the children of God, that freedom which is freedom indeed. Amen. 
please stand.